Russian President Putin signed a de decree recognizing two self-proclaimed separatist republics in the eastern Ukraine. Ukraine. Beijing Olympics ended and left numerous issues for the world to reflect upon. Former President Trump launched its uh, Truth Social on Apple's App Store, which quickly took the top position. However, its success becomes a problem, as many people could not ins uh, install because too many demands. People's Convoy will start gathering tomorrow in Southern California and will start its journey the day after. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host, Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. Hello. Yeah, good Monday evening. And uh, so today we will have um, <clears throat> four pieces of uh, news to bring to your attention. Uh, you just read about that. Let's uh, jump right into the first piece of news, all right? So uh, Russian President uh, Vladimir Putin signed a degree recognizing two controversial separatist-held uh, separatist, uh, separatist region, uh, the uh, Donetsk People's Republic and uh, the Luhansk People's Republic Monday in a ceremony carried on the state television. So the United States uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has previously promised a swift and a firm response from the U.S. and the allies and the partners if Russia moved to recognize Ukraine's breakaway regions as part of Russia territory, calling such a move a gross violation of international law. Mm -hmm. Actually, if you look at uh, the map there, the, the, the color of the map actually is uh, the separatist uh, occupied region, okay? But there are, you know, the, the water putting signed a degree to recognize and in the future, of course, to annex, it goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. So actually, it's, uh, through his pen, he's declaring he got more territory than he currently held. So look at a, let's look at a little bit in the background. So the war broke out in 2014 after Russian-backed rebels seized government buildings in towns and cities across the eastern, eastern Ukraine. And uh, intense fighting left portions of the uh, Donbas regions, uh, eastern Luhansk and uh, Donetsk um, oblasts in the hands of the Russian-backed separatists. The Ukrainian government calls separatists forces invaders and occupiers. Russian media calls separatist forces militants and uh, malicious and uh, maintains that uh, they are local defending themselves against the um, Kiev, Kiev government. Right. And another, as, as you, I, will, I just show you, that the regions that Putin declared to be independent go beyond the, the Russian-occupied region. So Russian troops have moved in in the name of peacekeeping. So the move is essentially a grab of more land without declaring war, which left the, Western, uh, the, the, the West in a very awkward situation. Okay, so, so how, to, how to analyze that? Because um, uh, President Biden already made it very clear that no boots on the ground. Okay, so facing the threat of the Russian to the Ukraine, um, the President Biden said basically we will not use troops. So the West only have one, one card, which is the sanction, economic sanction. So it can only yield that card. 
And now with uh, Putin making this bold move and uh, not only recognizing and uh, AKA ready to annex those two regions, it also went beyond that it's occupied. Mm. But think about that. Biden has only one card. Does he play this card or not? He thought it, that if he played this card, he would have no card left. Then he will left open for Putin's to come and invade uh, Ukraine. And, but he does not use this card. Then what about uh, Blinken's earlier threat, which, who says that uh, they will move swift, a swift and a firm response, have a swift and firm response. Now they don't have any swift and firm response because they are, mm -hmm. he has only one car. Right. So what do you think? This is a, let, let me give you a little background, okay? Let me put on my little, um, my commenta commentator's hat. N either NATO or the US plus European Union and plus, of course, UK, and the economic power is 30 times, more than 30 times to one. Okay, more than 30 times to that of Russia. So it is a gigantic, the West gigantic versus a little Russia in, in terms of um, its um, economic and the political power. And yes, it has, uh, has a military power, but that's the thing. That's the thing. The, when the West, when the US already make a determination that we will not get ourselves into big trouble, okay? When they do not have the guts to stand against such aggression, and then they lose everything. They, they, lose, they lose all the cards they could hold at hand. So now just uh, in the face of this aggressive uh, Russia and uh, the West should have actually so, much, so many leverage uh, and so, so many methods to counter, but they don't have, they only have one card, which is economic sanction. And then they dare not to use it now because they won't have it later. If they, and uh, if they use it later, now they have to eat their word and they let Putin, uh, Putin just uh, encroach on and take that piece of land, which will slap in the face of the Western too, one way or the other. So, so it is just managed, the West has managed to corner themselves um, uh, into the, such a situation. So compared to, how to say, five years ago and four or five years ago, when President Trump was facing North Korea, right? Mm -hmm. How he handled that situation. And uh, they got a nuclear weapon, okay? If you have any fear, you won't do anything firm and strong. But, President Trump said, I'm going to bomb, bomb the hell out of you. And uh, you, you want to avoid that? You better talk to me. And I give you a world stage, you know, and uh, for you to enjoy the, the, the fame and the name. And then finally, and uh, tame, essentially, in my opinion, tame the North Korea's supreme leader, Jim Jong-un, into, how to say, behaving himself. You know, that kind of behavior versus today, you know, you are 30 times as strong as the opponent but you let, them, let Putin manipulate you this way or that way. Yeah, it's I, just, <laughs> I don't know how you would think. Yeah, actually, uh, the Ukraine's um, President Zelensky, mm -hmm. he actually called out uh, on the Biden administration at the Munich, Munich uh, Security Conference. Right. Yeah, just directly, he just saying, if you think, if you are so firm that the war is coming, why you hold on this... Um, the card for, of a sanction. If the war already broke out, and uh, how does that sanction would help? So basically, that's his message to the United States. Mm. But it's still, but, but, but that saying well still goes in, 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 you know, in vain because uh, Biden has determined that he only will hold one card. So use that card, he won't have any card. So he said, if I use this before the invade, then, then, then I have no card left. 
if they further invade, I couldn't do anything about that. No. So it's, you know, and to be honest, it's, it's, it's guts and principle. You have guts and your principle, and you have principle. You're not afraid to, to, how to say, sacrifice that you won't have to sacrifice anything. And this type of conflict is, is how firm you stand there. If you don't stand firm, you know, your, your, your enemy sees that, and he will just uh, encroach one step after another and uh, keep pushing you into the corner. I don't know. How do you? Who do you think? It's just. Uh, it's such, such just. You know, such a strange situation, right? This is a gigantic. Uh, <laughs> remind everyone. This is a gigantic West. Now it's bullying, bullying by 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 a very weak little guy into the corner and couldn't make any move. And uh, it's the principle and the courage. At a, you know that that only that would work behind the diplomacy. Otherwise, it's empty diplomacy. All right, let's move on to the next piece of news. And, okay, uh, yeah. so um, the Beijing Winter Olympics ended on Sunday with the Norway wings winning 16 gold medals and the 37 total medals, taking undoubtedly the number one among all competing nations. China scored nine gold medals and the 15 total in the medals. And the United States got eight gold medals and 25 medals in total. In terms of numbers of golds, China ranked number three only behind Norway and Germany. Mm -hmm. Of course, we all understand that uh, three medals came from Ilan Gu, who is American and competes for CCP while breaking China's nationality law. So we now we already know the, um, the get, we can get to the bottom of this, okay? And Ilan Gu is it was and is a American citizen, all right? So the CCP recruited her to join China's team. By the Olympic charters, you have to be the a China's national in order to represent in China. Okay, so she applied, and the Chinese government very gladly awarded her the citizenship of China. And you think everything's uh, you know just uh, rosy and uh, and and and, and uh, no issue, but no, there's a law, there's a piece of law called the nationality law in China, which disallow anyone who attain China's national uh, nationality. Um, to have a, another foreign country's uh, nationality. So basically, by China's law, Yilan Gu have, has to give up its uh, US, citizen, US citizenship. By China's law, she does not. You know, people keep asking her, she's being evasive. You know, the, the truth is very simple. Everybody read that, that uh, she doesn't, did not give up his, her US citizenship. Very smart of her, okay? If she gives that up, which means she will be a citizen or basically under the rule of the Chinese government. Yeah, and but I think on the other hand, uh, she's also uh, violating the uh, regulation by the Olympics. Because according to the Olympics charters, any competitor in the Olympic Games must be a national of the country of the NOC which is entering such competitor. Well, which China led her to be? They let her have the, that. You know, you are the China national, okay? And uh, well, it's a it's a residence. It's not a. a no, they gave her the. But basically, this is what I read. Okay, uh -huh. basically, the people went to ask the IOC. They said they she submitted a, a Chinese passport, so that, that's why they um, let her. You know, certify her as a representative of the CCP China's team. You know, but then Chinese government tell the public, no, she only got a citizen, a permanent residence. residence yeah. That, that's, a, that's actually, Kathy, that's a lie. 
That's a lie. Okay. Okay. Because they they cannot. Uh, Accept the, the yeah the publicly they yeah. cannot tell yeah. the Chinese people you can break the Chinese nationality law right right so they they just cheated and to tell the public saying that she only got the permanent residence were that to be true then the Olympic Charter is violated as you said yeah so either way she's violating right certain <clears throat> laws yeah but we know that let's let's say this okay we trust uh, IOC International Olympic Committee's uh, statement that she okay. indeed submit the Chinese. Chinese passport. Do you do you yes. wanted to count on that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I actually. I have, I have <laughs> no, I'm just that. I'm just so, kidding because uh, you know by uh, with the incidence of a uh, Peng Shuai, the women ten tennis player in China, how you know the media reporting she was me she met with the IOC's president. Right for a couple of times, and the, the IOC's president just saying how great she is, how free she is. Do you still trust? The words from IOC. That's yeah. what I mean. Apparently, Kathy does not, and understandably. So there's lies this type or that type. Okay, and there has to be lie there. Um, otherwise, this Elon Ku cannot represent China. Anyway, so <clears throat> that's one issue. Okay, and uh, however, with that, uh, nobody seems to be keep. A, how does it hang on to that? And Beijing seems to have its best time at the Winter Olympics so far. And uh, and uh, cannot wait to declare its Olympics as a success. All right. However, there are a lot of things that won't make Beijing Olympics as glamorous as the CCP claimed it to be. The first thing is that today's uh, statement from the Foreign Correspondence Club of China (FCCC), and uh, the statement said it was dismayed at the way that accredited foreign media was treated by security officials during the games. And uh, the statement call, caused the way that the Chinese government interacted with the press contrary to the Olympic spirit. So uh, the club continues saying that the government interference occurred regularly during the games, and uh, the club saying that um, several journalists felt uh, fell victim to online harassment and targeting as part of state-backed online harassment and propaganda campaigns. Yeah, so basically if, if they report things that uh, CCP doesn't like, they just launch an online just, uh, harassment campaign against uh, such reporters. And the statement further said, after an Olympic ski event, a foreign reporter was prevented by a Beijing Olympic officials from interviewing a Hong Kong athlete in the Games Mixed Zone. A space supposedly governed by the international Olympic rules, and it says more visibly, um, a reporter with the Dutch national broadcaster NOS was hauled from camera during a live TV broadcast by plain clothes security men. We showed you that, uh, you know, when it first appeared, and despite the fact that he has been standing in the spot, police directed him. To only minutes earlier, the FCCC urged the Chinese authorities to uphold their own stated rules on on accredited foreign press in China. Okay, namely to allow journalists to book and conduct their own interviews without threat of the state interference, and to report freely in public areas. But they said, unfortunately, neither rule was enforced at a time when global attention was trained on China more than ever. 
So there's, a, there's several other incidents, okay, just near the Olympic uh, ski place, security people forcefully interfere and prevent the reporters from interviewing local residents, okay, local bystanders. And many reporters were also warned that uh, when they do reporting in the, at a public place, they have to get the government's pre-approval. Think about it as a reporter. You know, you want to you want to do reporting at a public place. You have to get the government's approval. This is what, this was exactly Beijing's behavior, and also another uh, Associated Press reporters was uh, forbidden uh, forbidden to uh, report the Olympic Jixiang. What is that? The the maggot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the, the 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 maggot. In, Outside what? How sensitive? Outside a government-run Olympic gift shop, and and he was said he was demanded that his his interview plea has to be submitted to the foreign ministry of China first. <laughs> what kind of report do you do? And then another um, another reporter was also warned by the police that they cannot take a photo of the logos of the Olympics. Do you, can you believe this? This is actually this sounds very familiar, though. If mm-hmm. you ever, you know, go to North Korea, the North Korea shooting on anything is is capital crime. And remember that the the U.S. the, the old the, the the young man who lost oh, his uh, yeah Otto Otto who who lost his life just because of taking down a poster, and um, that's this is the behavior of North Korea. And you can you can tell that in China it's not much different, and. Um, Okay, so another matter is that has to do with the spending. Okay, a little background here. Okay, applying for the the background of applying for twenty twenty two Winter Olympics was that just happened right after the twenty fourteen the Sochi. Remember the Russian Sochi Winter Olympics, and at, at that for that game, Russia spent fifty billion dollars, fifty billion U.S. dollars. So the Sochi Winter Olympics become a become a bad name for big waste. Okay, so after that, um, the Oslo o- Oslo of Norway backed out of the uh, um, you know, the bidding for the twenty twenty two Winter Olympics, and uh, citing the hefty price um, price tag. So leaving only Beijing and uh, Alamutu Alamutu as the only two competing bar- uh, entities. Yeah. So how much uh, Beijing is uh, spent, right? So when Beijing was bidding to host uh, uh, this year's uh, game. Uh, back in 2014, it told the International Olympic Committee it planned to spend just over three billion dollars, much lower than the proposed budgets of a previous uh, Winter Game. Mm-hmm. And but in fact, how much did it spend? China spent at least 16 billion dollars on this year's game, including more than 800 million. Dollars in cost overruns on Olympic facilities and more than thirteen billion dollars in indirect costs. That's according to the Wall Street Journal's uh, uh, government uh, procurement notices, and also uh, the construction records and the other public statements from the Chinese ministries in charge of finance, housing, and development. As well as governments in Beijing and, and the surrounding areas, so that figure doesn't even include price tags for several venues and the, some operations that are missing from the public documents, which would uh, could you know amount to many hundreds of millions of dollars more. So 
most of the indirect spending went to projects such as new transportation infrastructure and upgraded hospitals that may or may not have been built without the Olympics. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so altogether, um, and also it does not include about twenty thousand the cost for the the fee for the twenty thousand so called volunteers, and also the salary of the uh, certain portion of the Beijing Olympic Committee, and also remember that in the grand opening and grand closing ceremony, they 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 have this uh, this. Uh, so-called elite director Zhang Yimou and, he, and his team. And there's no salary there. The, the record is all, go, all, all gone, does not you know, uh, exist. However, historically, historically, every host country of the Winter Olympics, they always factor in the indirect cost into its budget. Mm -hmm. so Beijing is the only one that does not do that. Further, Beijing also declared before the Olympics that they're going to use their public and the private joint venture, okay? And the 65 of the capital will come from the private uh, uh, entities. However, the Wall Street Journal discovered that, you know, among the eight companies that uh, work with the government to build the Winter Olympics facility, except one, seven, they are all government-owned uh, enterprises. Yeah, basically, in China, there is not a like, strict uh, private enterprise whatsoever, actually. So basically, just lie and lie and lie. And now Beijing still insists and told the IOC that they run a very frugal uh, Winter Olympics and surpass the, the, the standard that they, they, they gave before. And then, but as a matter of fact, they just, just like uh, Ilan Ku, just lie and lie and lie. Yeah, and yeah, because of their proposed very low budget, they mm -hmm. preclude, excluded other bid bidders, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you know why you, you you wonder why Beijing just want to spend so much money for to host this Olympics, right? So um, there's a professor from the University of Missouri St. Louis, uh, Susan Brownell, said uh, the Olympic Games just buy something that is uh, priceless for. Communist China, things like its national image. Yeah. So that's what the Chinese Communist government's, uh, you know, sole and the utmost purpose is to um, just build up its legitimacy and the so-called national image. Actually, it's really not a national image. It's the image of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. Okay. So how was it received? So let's look at the viewership. And according to the NBC Sports data, and on the opening ceremony on the February 4th, okay, the ceremony attracted only 16 million people, um, the you know, viewership. And you think 16 million is a very big number? Actually, it's the record low in the history of the Winter Olympics. And then this is 43% lower than the 23 million and 800,000 people in the uh, Korean Winter Olympics opening ceremony. And throughout the Olympics, that NBC faced a disastrous loss of the, of, you know, of its loss of the uh, Winter Olympics viewers. And that exact number, we don't know, but there's enough analysis about how disastrous the Winter Olympics rebroadcasting has been. Yeah, it was uh, reported that the average for NBC alone was a 10 million, which is a 47% drop. And uh, so that's even with the average inflated by airing directly after the Super Bowl, a night that brought in 24 million viewers. 
So as for whether and how much NBC um, made a profit or loss, so the NBC sports chairman Peter Bavakwa, um, Bavakwa said that ratings are in line in with what they told the advertisers who are sold packages that include linear and the streaming coverage. NBC has not uh, yet said whether the Beijing games turn out to be a profit or lost money for them. Mm -hmm. But we all know that NBC paid for $7.75 billion for the rebroadcasting rights now through the 2032. So it's not, a, it's not, yeah, it's not a very hard for them to lose money on that. So the next thing is the, the basically the boycott. Okay, the, the Beijing Olympics happened among all the human rights violations and uh, in China, and of the most noticeable would be was the, uh, the Uyghurs in the Xinjiang province. However, however, on this very Olympics, the last time we, we report, reported to you this uh, the chained lady, right? Mm -hmm. The chained lady, and uh, the story of her grabbed. Uh, more than 3.4 billion dollar views. Um, basically, that's in China. Okay, that's completely overshadow the the halo of the Olympics and the halo of the Ilangu because this poor lady and uh, the, it was found that uh, she was uh, uh, adopted about 24 years ago and um, I'm sorry, 26 years ago, <clears throat> and then have to give birth to eight people, and you don't know how many fathers were there. And she basically become a sex slave, and then now the, the 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 further issue is that local government, the the local government made four rounds of report, and each of them is utter lie, just utter lie, and that has uh, angered the entire nation. Now the provincial, the fifth, you know, the report is coming out, and then the whole country is setting their eye on this. So without much realizing <clears throat> much about this, by how to say people outside of China. You know, pretty much just um, people in China, they just, on the WeChat, they focus more on this chained ladies uh, story, way more than the um, Winter Olympics. And the, the typical comment is like, um, between me and uh, Miss Ilangu, there's 10,000 miles. She's not reachable, she's not real. But uh, between me, my daughter, and, uh, and, uh, and um, this chained lady is only, one like Mi Huan Yao, one dose of uh, how to say drug, uh, or a one hit with a a, a stick. So basically, uh, adopted and uh, turn that uh, turn turn the daughter or the turn the you know in loved ones beloved ones into a sex slave without you even knowing that because government will not stop that. Yeah, and I think this issue really um, kind of uh, reveals how bad act and the unknown of the human trafficking and the sex trafficking in China. And uh, people just said, you know, for the mainstream media, which uh, who so care so much about uh, uh, women's rights and uh, human trafficking, they should be all over on it. You know, this is. Um, uh, you know, although in, in Xinjiang province, the genocide is really, you know, something people definitely have to condemn. But uh, how about this? You know, Chinese government, how it treats the women, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a no, no less, right? Mm -hmm. It's worth the attention. But uh, do you, let, let us know, do you hear about the reporting on this chained lady in on any other mainstream media? 
Let us know. Mm -hmm. you know we are not aware of that. Yeah. yeah. And I saw a question on, from our audience on SafeChat is asking the six, uh, the 16 million mm -hmm. viewers mm -hmm. of the Olympics, is that worldwide? Do you know? Uh, that, um, okay, that number was, uh, that is actually NBC Sports. I think it's US viewership. Mm. Yeah, you, you, and I'm, I'm sorry, it's NBC Sports uh, number, so it's NBC's program viewed worldwide. Okay, so yeah. it is worldwide. It is worldwide, yes. Okay. Because, yeah. uh, you know, any country, you can, you can do an app, you can, you can view the NBC rebroadcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have viewers <coughs> saying, uh, who are these uh, 16 million people? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so the next issue that the Beijing Olympics left with us is the threat to the athletes. You know, unfortunately, we don't know the entire story here, all right? So the uh, Mr. Fan De Puar, Tony, please prepare for, for his photo. Uh, the, this 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 athlete's name is Neil Van De Poel. Okay, he's a fast um, he's a fast uh, fast track fast track uh, athlete, and he got two he got two gold gold medals. Uh, after he returned back to to home to his home country, he said this. He said this. Olympics is significant. It's a splendid um, uh, sports events, and uh, so that uh, people and the countries can get together, the world can get together. And he said he went on and said, but uh, but uh, Hitler, before Hitler invaded Poland, he held the Olympics. Before the Russian invaded Ukraine, he held the Olympics. I I think giving the the hosting right of Olympics to a regime like a CCP, and it is extremely irresponsible. Mm -hmm. But he said he cannot say any more because he's still got a team there in Beijing. He, he can comment that afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then another uh, German athlete, his, her name is uh, Natalie uh, Gisenberger, okay? And uh, he, after returning to German, uh, and uh, he, he's, before he returned to Germany, okay, he got, also got the gold medal. But when the media asked him, asked her about the human rights issues in China, he said he has to wait until he leaves China. All right. So after he left China, the most recent interview he has with the TV station, he said, uh, uh, because his family gave so much to you know uh, for her sports, so she finally still decided to go to China, attend the, the contest, and uh, but he said, I, she said, I will f I will return home right after I finish the the, the competition, and uh, from now on I will never go back to China again. Just think about that. Okay, well, how many stories are there? How the how the CCP treated the, the, the athletes? Well, how another thing. Yeah, actually, another thing we talked about uh, uh, the figure skater, right? Figure skaters. Um, one of them, Nathan Wang, who uh, Nathan Chang. Uh, that's yeah. Nathan Chang, yeah. right? Also the yeah, gold he, medalist. Yeah, he's a gold medalist. You know how he was treated by the netizens in China after he won the gold medal. He was uh, just um, harassed on the social media in China, uh, calling him uh, like just you know get out of China. That's and a lot of those uh, um, netizens just said that. And so the, it's really sad uh, how he was treated in comparison to Elaine Gu. Yeah. You know. And what what are the, the two what are the two crimes that uh, Nathan Chen made? Okay, let me tell you. First, in the one uh, the three years ago at uh, the, the last uh, uh, Olympic competition, and he the music that he chose is called the Last Dancer of Mao. 
Last Dance of Mao is a movie. is is a movie. Also, is the name of a movie and also a name of the music uh, about uh, the, uh, the the ballet dancer, young ballet ballet dancer, grew up in China during Mao's time, and then he went to the U.S. and then went joined the Houston ballet group, mm -hmm. and then finally uh, defected. Okay, so that's the music that he chose. That's the first crime he committed. And the second one is the when reporter was asking about the human rights issues in China, he said. He condemned that. He said. Uh, yeah, he said uh, he agreed with he one of his teammate uh, mates who previously uh, had an interview with the media saying that uh, you know the human rights record in China needs to be condemned. And then Nathan Chen just uh, agreed on that. Yeah, that's the that's the really that's the crime. That's the, that's the capital crime in the eyes of those uh, we call the Fenqing or the 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 CCP instigated. Uh, uh, fans or just um, or the the fifty cents, 50 cents uh, police uh, internet police. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the experience he went to. So that, that's that's kind of the you know that that's the environment that uh, Aston li live in. So we have to wait until the left China. All right. They only you know finished the closing ceremony yesterday, and they left China. And what they have to say? Yeah. And I think people's only or the only hope you know those type of uh, harassment, intimidation to uh, athletes like uh, Nathan Chang and the others that uh, we just uh, shared with you, uh, they won't be intimidated yeah. and would persist uh, on their principles. And the other thing is I think a lot of, uh, uh, I heard actually read, you know, from our, uh, like the Telegram, some social media in the Chinese uh, groups, they, some people just, uh, are just feel sad mm -hmm. that uh, the authoritarian, um, you know, type of uh, regime. regime like China, communist China, is somehow in impact in having an influence on some of the Western countries, and uh, you know that should not happen. That's a lot of uh, Chinese people actually feel that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so leave your comment uh, about uh, what do you think Yo, about this? Yeah, I saw some uh, of our audience uh, replied, you know, never, it's the first time for uh, for whom, for Debbie, uh, heard of, heard of uh, this chain lady. So Debbie, Debbie, if you, you know, would like to know more about uh, this chain lady story, we had a coverage in our last show last Friday, you can go back and watch it. So it's really worth uh, understanding about it. And uh, Kitty Hawk said, no, never, have not uh, seen it on uh, any other reports from the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that, that, that's what has been happening in China. And then, of course, all the glamour part is the only thing that the Chinese people can see and the only thing that the Chinese uh, propaganda, you know, apparatus unleashed. Uh, but here we, you know, we give you the other side of so story. All right, so I think the world will really, really remember this Olympics as a, as a shame, okay, as a shame. And uh, as time goes by, we'll, we'll understand, we'll find out more from this, um, this um, hallowed, hallowed event. Yeah, the long-lasting effect, I think, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, on the whole world by this uh, uh, Olympic Games. As some people just said, it's a genocide game, you know, it will have a long-lasting effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, next piece of news, let's move on to Donald Trump's media group's uh, new release today. Actually, at the midnight of Sunday, they launched this Truth Social iOS app, all right? And uh, upon launching, and the Truth Social quickly become the number one, um, take the number one spot for free downloads in the Apple's App Store. 
However, um, because of the sheer traffic, many people cannot get into the app. So actually, I tried it myself. I downloaded the, the app, I installed it, it was installed fine, and then, then I was uh, prompted to enter my email and the date of birth and before waiting for a verification email. So that did not, did not come. Oh, yeah, one of uh, my our colleagues, she actually showed me. She said uh, she was put on the waiting list of 200-some. Uh, uh, 200,000. <laughs> 200,000. 200,000, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so basically, you know, my background is software, and uh, with this type of software, the most challenging part is always the scalability, okay? Of course, the security is another very, very major issue. Scalability and the security. Uh, the reason why these two issues are especially difficult is because, you know, how do you test the scalability? Mm -hmm. You know, without launching it, without tens of millions of people joining on it, you, do, you cannot test the stress of it. So the scalability is the one major issue that can only go through real-world exercise, not accounting, okay? Oftentimes, you have to go through the real-world exercise for to shake out all the bugs and fixing those uh, performance bottleneck. The second one, of course, is security. Sometimes when you're, only when you're attacked enough, mm -hmm. you know, where the loopholes are. So, yeah, so it will take some time, and uh, I'll try tomorrow again to see whether I can... I can, you know, get installed. Yeah, uh, maybe our audience can uh, let us know if you are successfully get, you know, getting to registered. Yeah. Let us know mm -hmm. how's the experience. Okay, a bit of background, which you probably already know, that uh, former President Trump decided to build his own social media platform after he was removed from Twitter, um, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. And uh, in the October press pr uh, press release, which is uh, four months ago, the Trump Media and uh, Technology Group, TMTG, wrote that his mission is to create a rival to the liberal media consortium and a fight back against the big tech uh, companies. Mm. So we'll see how this uh, social media, you know, stand and grow, and um, yeah, and see whether that can provide an alternative. Okay. Yeah, that's to, what uh, yeah, I think the, uh, the truth media is uh, uh, aiming for is to bring the voice back to the people as the CEO right. yeah, says. Okay, let's quickly move on to the last piece of news, which is quite important. And Kathy has been working on this this whole afternoon, which has to do with the the another launch of the People's Convoy. And, and what is that, Kathy? Okay, not the whole afternoon. I, prepared, I was preparing for also for the Chinese uh, show uh, on this subject. So as a lot of people already know, in, it was inspired by the Canadian Freedom Convoy. Many American truckers and the other motorists uh, who are against uh, the COVID-19 mandates announced that they will set out from Southern California for a cross-country protest, which is called the People's Convoy. So uh, there are actually quite a few convoys, uh, but uh, this one seems to be very uh, well organized. And uh, as the organizers claim that uh, they have, uh, you know, like uh, good lawyers on their team to prevent any like uh, uh, things, bad things to happen. So the People's Convoy is scheduled to depart from uh, Adelanto, uh, Adelanto Stadium and the event center, which is in Southern California, San Bernardino County. And they, uh, they're planning to gather together starting tomorrow noon and then leave the, the stadium on February 23rd, Wednesday 
in the morning at 11 a.m. They are scheduled to have some kind of a press conference or speeches at that time. And they estimate to take 10 days to reach the D.C. area. So, you know, why they do that and uh, uh, what's their goal? So, uh, on the People's Convoy, the uh, website, it actually said that we demand a declaration of national emergency concerning the COVID-19 pandemic be lifted immediately and our cherished constitution reign supreme. So on the, um, on the website, one of their spokesperson, Mike Landis, explained why they do this and from his own personal level. Personally, it's about our freedoms as Americans. I have two young sons. It's about what their future is going to look like and hopefully my grandchildren's. We live in a country that was founded on morals and freedoms. That's the whole reason we came here to America. Um, and everybody that's here is an immigrant in a way, correct? So this isn't just about us as truck drivers or a certain group of people or anything. It's about Americans, as I said. And an American is anyone that is here and loves the Constitution of the United States, has come here, has become an American citizen. It doesn't matter if you came from India, Cuba, Germany, Russia, Poland, China, Japan, Korea, wherever, right? It doesn't matter what you look like, what your skin color is, what your native language is. If you're here and you hold American citizenship, you are American. We just want to get that clear right now. This is for the people, hence the name, the People's Convoy. And what that means is, is, like I said, it's not just for us. This is for our country, our futures. The fact that we have a government that tries to push us around, not follow the Constitution, which our founding fathers of this country wanted to be followed, right? Morals. They don't change. You can't evolve morals, especially when they go backwards. So uh, what is their goal? What we need to do, what we aim to do at the People's Convoy, is get this Emergency Powers Act revoked. There's no need for it. And uh, um, Mike Landis explained why this is important. And I'm going to explain why this is important. We have had the emergency powers enacted, which is in the Constitution. It is able to be done. And when it is enacted, it cancels the Constitution for the duration that it is enacted. What that means is, is at this moment, we are basically living without our Constitution of the United States. That means our freedoms that we all love so much, free speech, right to bear arms, and so on, means nothing right now. So um, Michael and this just explained, uh, you know, um, right now, uh, when the Emergency Power Act was uh, enacted, because at that time, nobody really understand the, understood the virus, so out of fear and also 
uh, just uh, of concerning of people's life. It was enacted, but then he believes that uh, uh, right now it's not needed. So, and he believes that people should have the freedom to decide what to do to themselves. That's the whole point of this. It's about freedom. Your freedom to choose what you feel is best for your life within the morals and the guidelines of our Constitution. We want this government to bring back the Constitution by ending the Emergency Powers Act. And then those that were a part of this whole scheme to be held accountable per the way of the Constitution for their actions and the people that died as a result of it. We the people want our country back, the one that we love, old glory, the America, the beautiful, and the brave. Because that's who we are and what we are and what we want to continue to be. We do not want to be under a dictatorship, communism-style regime. Right. So, um, yeah, that's uh, what uh, the People's Convoy, uh, why they do that and uh, what they try to achieve. So how do you think? Yep. <clears throat> so write up your comment there and uh, let us know how you, how you think about that. Yeah. Um, see. Oh, I saw uh, Scordra said that uh, her number on the truth media's uh, the waiting list is uh, one hundred eighty thousand, <laughs> <laughs> or better, my uh, them, uh, my coworker. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. And um, okay. So so yeah. Just um, wonder that how how your experience will be. Um, yeah. You know. Do you know the uh, you know peop any truckers or friends around you will. Plan to join the convoy? If yes, let us know. Mm -hmm. So. And um, Nathan Yi, you, you wrote that uh, um, Elaine Gu sadly is a traitor and living a spoiled elite life, she's uh, blinded by the truth of the CCP atrocity, atrocities. And she wants to be a Chinese, if she wants to be a Chinese citizen, then let her stay there permanently. The thing is this, she's smart enough, she will never stay there permanently. Yeah, well, she repeatedly said, uh, when I'm in United States, mm. I tell people I'm American. And when I'm in China, I tell people I'm Chinese. Yeah, let me translate it for you. It means I, I, I want China's money, but I will never give up U.S. citizenship. Because that to, to, to her is a safety, is security, is a freedom, is, to be honest, is the real home for her. So she, no matter how much you know, money she can rake in in China, she will never give up U.S. citizen. This is the same mentality with all the people like her, okay? Because nothing to, you know, nothing to lose. The U.S. is always so tolerant and uh, so, how to say, right? Accommodating. Yeah, and, it's, a, and, uh, it's a, the freedom Yeah, so, so she really treasures the U.S. citizenship. She will never give it up, give it up. Okay, that's why she's been so evasive. Well, when she's she, coming back to attend uh, uh, Stanford next yeah. semester. If she give up, she will be a, 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 a so-called foreign student, okay? And holding a, a visa called F1, which I went through. I came here as graduate school, um, you know, graduate school student. I got this F1 visa. And, uh, you know, that's an entire different, different life. And she's smart enough not to, 
not give that up. Okay, so that that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, our our, our country is too great, and uh, even how to say, yeah, we attract people like uh, disloyal people like her because yeah. the country simply is too great. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, I think a lot of people uh, actually. I think you know, although she, it seems to that she got so much benefits, right? But I think uh, actually. I, we don't know how she she feel at night when she wants to go to sleep, mm -hmm. right? So uh, Curtis said a good a good campfire channel. <laughs> Thank you. And um, also, I just saw um, someone was asking why. Uh, oh, yeah, why YouTube demount us? <laughs> demount? Yeah, like uh, subtract our subscribers. Yeah. This has been always. We happening. don't know. So yeah. <laughs> with, with you guys here, with the feedback that we, you know, we saw from you, um, how you love us and uh, approve of us, and uh, we see we lose subscriber over the time, you know, almost like unstopping, unstopping, unstoppingly was the word of it. Yeah, cannot continuously. Con yeah, continuously. It's just, um, yeah, that's that that that's basically what's been happening, and um, yeah. And um, yeah, but around uh, Judas, you, mm -hmm. you wrote a great reporting. Thank you, and Kathy, love your reporting. Well, apparently, YouTube doesn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, persist through. Yeah, well, and through. Uh, you know, just need uh, any kind of help you can give. Um, just uh, uh, yeah, recommend to your friends, your family members, and and subscribe. Uh, and uh, just uh, through your own channel, spread our videos. Yeah. And if you can support uh, with uh, uh, financially, you know that's also being will be very appreciated. Mm -hmm. So. And the most important is uh, hang on with us. Okay, platform like as uh, Truth Media and uh, and uh, Safe Chat and uh, other technology, mm -hmm. it will come along. It will come along. Okay. So let's say, freedom, freedom, and freedom at last. It will come. Yes, All yes. Right. I don't know how many of you still remember the Chinese word uh, freedom uh, that I taught you. <laughs> 自由, uh -huh. right? yeah. Freedom, liberty. Yeah. Okay. okay, so, all right. So I think that's it for today, right? Yeah, that's... Uh... You want to see any other... Oh, joke! Oh boy, that's yeah, you, you caught me off guard, Hollis. Oh, Hollis, yes. Actually, I I think we can share, right? Your father also watching our show, and he sent us email saying, my son's Hollis, he, oh, he always comments a lot. So good to see you here. And you are challenging Alan now. <laughs> okay, this is actually, this is a joke that the Chinese people understood very, very well. And uh, But I'll just try this with you, because the joke oftentimes is, um, um, is, is cultural, okay? So in China, when you call somebody like a xiong yar, when you call somebody like a bearish, it, it means you are stupid, you're clumsy, you're coward. So when you call, remember this, okay? Uh, somebody's bearish, bearish, okay? Then you are coward and uh, stupid and uh, things like that. All right, with that as a background, here's the here goes the joke. There's a little bear, okay? There's a little bear that, uh, you know, she wants to envy the life of a human being, want to learn something, you know, skillful. So someday that he said, I'm going to come out of the mountain. I'm going to learn some skill and live like a human. 
great thought, right? Yeah. So he thought that I'm going to go to the farmers, okay? And they seem to know how to make a good living. So he went to he went out of the mountain and go to a farmer's place and try to learn how to cultivate and how to plant the land and things like that.、Mm-hmm. But he was so so stupid, okay? He couldn't figure this out. It's a human thing, all right? So the farmer finally feel bad about this uh, this uh, how to say clumsy little disciple, okay, and、uh, apprentice, apprentice, okay, and then have to send him away. So before he sent him away, he gave him a lian dao or lian dao, a sickle, right? Sickle, right? Use sickle to 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 carve weeds, and gave him a gift, which is a which is with a sickle. Okay. All right. So the. Well, the the bear is a little disappointed and holding that sickle and decide to visit the, the how to say the worker the worker in Chinese the worker means the worker who ironman and the smith some kind of a blacksmith and then he visited the worker's place. The worker tried to teach him how to you know how to make you know how to do some iron what molding thing and and so on and so forth. And the little bear was too stupid, couldn't figure it out. Okay, the worker has to send him away. And then he feel bad about it. So before he left, and gave him a a hammer as a gift. Okay, so the poor bear on the left hand left a, left a claw, you know how to say claw, and grab the sickle, and on、uh, the right hand is the is the hammer, right? So he was just walking back into the mountain, <clears throat> and suddenly there's a hunter. The hunter is holding a gun and just pointing at his, you know, just right pointing at his nose, and the little poor little bear was so scared. And then he remember he learned something. When you run into situations like this, you just surrender. So he just raised his two hands, not who has his four, four, <laughs> his two, four <laughs> claws or whatever. Okay, and hold that, and he forgot that he's holding a sickle here and another hammer here. Guys, remember, you when you got a sickle and a hammer crossed, what would that be? So the hunter was holding the gun, and he just cannot help bursting into laughter. He said, "Well, see, however bearish you look like, and you are, I can, I cannot believe that you are a communist." <laughs> right. With a sickle and with a hammer, that's the sign of the communism. Does, does that pass? Yeah. All <laughs> us. Hope you like it. Yeah.、Okay. Did that get to you? So yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a actually it's a it's a real news today. Actually, there's a bear in South Tahoe area,、uh-huh. yeah. South Lake Tahoe,、right. here in the Northern California. The bear weighs for five hundred pounds. No, that's not a small bear.、Though. Yeah, let、uh, Tony if you can show the. The bear, the picture. It's it's a it's not it's not a joke, but I just want to share with you since you talk about the bear. Yeah. And he's just too big. He's just went into、uh, over a hundred residents、mm-hmm. to get food.、Mm-hmm. So now the local police is、uh, just thinking、uh, to capture the bear and see how to do with it. Right. Because. It's just broken into. Even though it's a, such a big bear, it's because it's weighs doubles than the、uh, average bear. Okay. Okay. So they are thinking about、uh, what to do with、uh, him or her.、Mm. It's like、uh, put it, it. You know, it's it, even thinking trying to maybe make 
you know, just give him some uh, dose of the mm -hmm. drugs and make him die. Okay. So then some bear um, protecting organization just uh, they they just saying, you know, no, we cannot do that. And uh, so that's what uh, the South Lake Tahoe residents are facing right now. Okay. This bear does not have the signs of the kami. <laughs> easy, easy problem. As long as he's not a communist. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to handle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Hopefully that, hopefully that passed. Next time I'll prepare a, uh, a, a joke. Okay. Yeah. So thank you, Hollis, actually for reminding. It's not a challenge, actually. I have to take it back. It's a reminding uh, on behalf of many other viewers. You have been talking about that uh, for last week mm -hmm. and uh, every time you know, we just uh, forget about it. I forgot about it too. Mm. Okay. Right. So today is the this week. It would be the CPAC day. So we'll, we'll be bringing you a lot of great content. And uh, yeah, just stay with us. Thank you very much. Have a All good right. night. Good night. And, uh, Take care. Until next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.